This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Thank you for joining us. I don't know where you are. For a lot of years, we've been having people write us and say, I listen to you when I do the dishes after dinner. I listen to you when I'm taking my early morning walk or my late afternoon rest or I'm having a tub or I'm bicycling on my What's that bike that's very popular? Anyway, there are a lot of places that you can be listening to podcasts these days. And we're talking about listening this year. Listening for love. Listening for learning. And I'm going to talk to you today about a learning experience that actually began in my life so long ago. But because on subjects that matter to me, I really do save dates and information and stories. So I have a copy of something that I carried in my life planner. All right. I carried this around. It was a printed in a magazine that's no longer in business, in 1985, and it was produced by Pioneer Ministries, and they were out of Wheaton, Illinois. And it's about five inches tall and four inches wide, and I had it in the goal section of my planner. Now, a lot of you don't know that I, my first book, which I wrote in the late 80s, was about organization and how to use a paper planner. My publisher and I recently had a conversation, and he is wanting to talk about maybe reissuing that work because paper planners are back. How is that possible? I say to myself, when all the technology that's entered the world, but I came to organization late in life, and dramatically so, and because when I was learning it, it was really a moment in my life that changed the course of my life. My hero and mentor, Elizabeth Elliot, said to me, unless you get your life in order, you won't do the things that God has called you to do. Ah, I thought, I don't know exactly what that means, but We had many conversations about organization and order, and I did many things. And I might teach one of those classes um, this year, because it was a time of listening for me. I had to listen to find new ways to do my life if I was going to find order. And part of that was making my own paper planner. It was a bigger binder, and it had all these forms in it. Um, There were menu plans and grocery lists and long-term plans and goals and prayer lists and monthly calendar and day pages, and I used it all. It saved me. Uh, It saved me, and I still carry my planner. We may take a picture of my planner and put it up on the site. I still carry it with me everywhere I go. So what does that matter? Well, it only matters to say to you that this piece of information that I'm just going to rush through is really the beginning of Donna Otto recognizing that I needed to learn to be a better listener. 
That's in the 1980s. If anyone wants to figure out about how many years ago that was, you do the math. It's called communication and how well you have learned to listen. It starts by saying, Hazel blurps out, I don't think anyone hears a word I have to say. Jack, startled awake, thinks, what did she say? Kathy catches Rob's glance and raises an eyebrow to say, more of Hazel's hysterics. Sid steps closer to Hazel and wonders, what makes her think that? One accusation, three different responses, which person is closer to becoming a good listener? Perhaps Hazel is overreacting, but she's right about one thing. It's important to know that other people care enough to listen to what you say. Learning to listen is the most basic skill of communication. And then there were two, four, six, eight, ten, I'm counting, 17 steps. I'm not going to go through them today, but I assure you, between now and May, I will go over them. I'm telling you that because this thirst for listening has been in me and growing in me for 45 or 50 years. It wasn't long after that, in the same decade, that I took a course, a course, a one-week-long course in 1986, Okay, are you ready for that? In 1986, and it was called Effective Listening. And he talked us about how the world has created a place where listening is the least of the communication behaviors. We write 9% of the time. We read 16% of the time. We spend 30% of our time talking and 45% of our time, a study that was created in 1926, 45% of our communication is listening. Did you take a course in writing in high school, grade school, college? Yes. Do, did you take a speed reading class? Did a literature professor say to you, this is how you should read this kind of material? Did someone tell you how to give a speech? Did you stand up and say, here are the three points and a poem? Or make sure your voice is yes, yes, yes. And we are trained in writing from kindergarten straight through advanced degrees in college. We're trained in reading K through eight for sure, and special emphasis on reading certain kinds of materials, like statistical materials. And then we're trained in speaking. And the average amount of time every human being spends in learning how to speak is about six weeks of their life. Somewhere in the class that you took, debate, or how to give a lecture, or a presentation you had to make, you spend about six weeks of your life. When was the last time you took a class on listening? Well, when I discovered that my communication was um, lacking because I wasn't a very good listener, I took this class. And the class was very helpful to me. I think what was most helpful to me is that I wanted to make the work of listening uh, work. I wanted to make certain that I had a priority of it. Because until I took that class, read that article and took that class in the 80s, I don't think I thought a thing about listening to anybody. I just knew I had 
what, what's that old joke? You have two ears and one tongue? But I was using um, my tongue much more than I was using my ears, and I didn't realize that I actually had to learn how to be a listener, which is why we are taking the time this year to make listening the theme of the year. So in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, I'd like to read it to you. They came to Jericho, and he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he remained, regained his sight and followed him on the way. What do you want me to do? That's my question to you. It's the question that Jesus asks the blind man. What do you want me to do? The blind man knew what he wanted. He wanted healing. And listening is a way of finding healing. It is active. It is healing. If you listen for and with your feelings, you will have a different level of communication with everyone that you engage with. If there's a word or a phrase that jumps off to you when someone is speaking to you, pay attention to that. Pay attention to the fact that you, those of us who have surrendered ourselves and walk with God as his children, not as his creation, but as his children by choice, as Jesus himself walked with God, saying, not my will, but your will be done. And so, this introduction leads me to a class that I took maybe seven or eight years ago. And I want you to know that I've titled this session, podcast session, Let Me Say It Again, Sacred Listening. And I say that because I've taught this lesson before. Let me say it again. All that I've just given you is sort of an introduction to why this has been so important to me. And when I was thinking about this year's theme, I had this sense of there's more to it than the simplicity of saying, okay, listen up, everyone. And as I've begun to study and research it, I see so many places in the scripture and so many of Jesus' activities that had to do with listening. So... On our website, in free resources, you're going to find a tool that's called Sacred Listening. It's free to you. Go to it. Make a hard copy. May I suggest you make a hard copy and put it in your Bible. Put it, paste it on your mirror. Put it on the front of the refrigerator. Teach it to your children. And these 10 steps I'm going to give you in the next 10 minutes that we're together. Okay? The first step, well, let me just say one more introductory remark. A listening person makes a difference in every environment.
A listening person makes a difference in every environment because we come to recognize that listening person and often we direct our comments to the person who we are certain is listening. We affirm speakers, we don't always affirm listeners. But by very nature, we, we lean into and, and direct our comments to people who we know to be listeners. Douglas Steve, who was a Quaker, said, to listen to another soul into a condition of disclosure and discovery may be almost the greatest service that any human being ever performs for someone else. And I think that is so true. We listen to someone and get their soul into a condition, a place, a ready position for disclosure and discovery. So these 10 tools are powerful tools to help you be a listener, a better listener. Here's number one. Stop talking. I know if I stop talking right now, the podcast will be over. But it's so profoundly important that you recognize. Stop talking. One person at a time, no interrupting, no talking over another person. Notice when you interrupt. Stop talking. Just remind yourself, stop talking. Two, pause before you begin to talk. Just pause. Now, that becomes a habit. All you're learning in these 10 steps are new skills that you can turn into habits. And I want you to know, if you pause before you start to speak, you will never interrupt anyone again. Because that pause is the pause that assures the speaker is finished. The person who has just stopped speaking, did they pause? Is it a comma? Is it a semicolon? Is it a period? And your pause, waiting a few seconds, will honor them and make them know that you are interested in what they're saying and that you're willing to wait. Three, listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. Be in touch with your inner voice and what you're trying to think about. The Quaker says to speak or listen when you're called. Is it truly necessary before I start to speak? I say to myself, is it truly necessary about what you're about to seek? Is it truly necessary? You know, I have a great capacity for listening to many words at one time. I don't get tired if someone overtalks because I'm an overtalker. But we live, most of us, especially if you are a talker, we live with people who don't talk in the same manner we do. So I'm asking you to consider uh, to listen to yourself before you start to talk and is what you're about to say really necessary? If not, don't say it. Listen for understanding. Now, if you've been to marriage counseling of any kind, and my husband and I certainly have been to retreats and counselors who help you understand how to communicate better with one another, communication is still the worst um, the tool that we use the least in marriage and gets us in the most trouble. So listen for understanding. What does that really mean? 
not just the words the person is saying, but listen for understanding of what they're trying to say. And not for agreement or a new belief, and it, not to pass judgment on. And I think sometimes someone starts to talk before, they, before they've even opened their mouth. Oh, I've heard this before. Oh, I know where they're going with this. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. Oh, they're talking about masks again. I know where I stand on that. It, this is about a communication tool to engage with other human beings, as Christ would call us to do. So listen for understanding. Remember, if they're talking about something you disagree with, doesn't mean you have to come to agreement to be a good listener. Just listen. Just know where they stand. Just care enough to know what they're thinking. If they don't think like you, praise God that you are the kind of human being who has people in your life who are not all just like you. Five, ask for clarification. Now, my husband and I, this is one of those jokes we make all the time in the house, because the counselor said, am I understanding that you said, and then you're to repeat whatever that person just said, and then the person who just said it is to say, yes, that's what I said, or no, that's not what I said. Well, my husband found that so tedious. He just, he'd just laugh out loud, and he'd say, I'm not going through that routine. But we found that when we did go through it, oftentimes I wasn't saying as clearly to him as, as of what I felt. And then he would misunderstand and it would make the situation more confusing. So asking for clarification is simply just saying, did I understand that this is what you said? And then the person has the right to say yes or no. Just, just ask. And when I meet with women, in, especially in spiritual direction, I start, they start to talk about something, and I often say, can you tell me more about that? Now, I'm there to listen. But when I say, tell me more about that, that does two things. One, it makes them understand that I am listening. And two, it gives them the freedom to talk more about what they've just talked about. Six, let the speaker know you've heard them. So how do I do that? Well, I can show them. And this is, a, this is the point when I remember being so convicted because I had learned a lot about listening. Give good eye attention. Lean in. Sometimes you can put your hand in a place that makes them know you're... And I remembered having a conversation with a woman. I was doing absolutely every one of those physical things I knew to do. Leaning in, looking, acting, asking, my body language said, but you know what I was thinking? When will that girl ever stop talking? And I was so convicted about that because I got to this point and I thought, let the speaker know you've heard them. I didn't hear her. I wanted her to stop talking. So if you're going to be a good listener, then you have to be willing to listen to anyone who says anything and through the whole story, you have to be willing to do that. My daughter tells a one of the sweetest stories about me that I, I just found so precious because while I was doing it, I thought, oh, will that girl ever stop talking? I had one child. She came home from school. After school, we always had this time, a little snack. And she would start to talk, and she would talk, and she would talk, and she would talk in pronouns. And I, I always remember this one about the locker, and she was in that locker, and he went over there, and she did. I, 
I had no idea who he or she was. And if I would ever say, uh, did you mean that was Sarah? She'd say, you're not listening. I told you it was Sarah. And I thought, so it was very hard work. Years later, a Bible teacher that she is, she was teaching the Psalms, and she told this story about her mother. She said, I learned from my mother that there was a very godly thing to listen and listen and listen. And I thought, my attitude in it wasn't very good, but she felt listened. And so even though I wanted her to be quiet, I was projecting something that helped her believe that she could continue talking. That's what let the speaker know you've heard. Be patient and present. Be patient and present. We can only speak 150 words per minute, but we can process 300 words per minute. So someone who is speaking even at breakneck speed can feel very slow to you. Be patient and present. Eight, listen with an open mind. We sort of covered that by saying listen with for understanding. But listen with an open mind, an open heart, a curious Know what your hot buttons are. Do you know that if they use that word, you get riled? If you don't know that about yourself, you should know. What are the things that press your hot buttons? And then when someone says it in that conversation, recognize that's your hot button, has nothing to do with them, and don't hold them hostage for it. Nine, pay attention to the environment. And this is really important. Uh, you, you're going out with a friend who says she has something important to tell you. Don't go to a fast food restaurant where the noise will kill you. Go to a place that you can listen to her. Make sure your environment is clean and unsettled, uh, and settled, not noisy, not the distractions that we've been talking about that make listening difficult. Make sure the environment is is provocative enough to allow for a person to speak. Clear your desk, clear your head, clear your heart, and listen. And lastly, listen with empathy and compassion. Listen with empathy and compassion. Listen in ways that you can encourage back the person who is speaking to you. Listening is an art, it's a choice, and it's a gift. Listening is an art, it's a choice, and it's a gift. And practicing it will encourage your listening. How do you practice listening? Listen to someone one minute a day without distraction. Listen to someone and say, with full mind, I'm going to listen to every word they say. Remember, Dallas Willard tell, tells us to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And when we ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life, we will be better listeners. I'm Donna Otto. I hope you're listening. This is a season that we are taking the theme of listening for learning and love as ours. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of sacred listening.